What is up, guys? I am George Mossy. Welcome to the George Mossy Show. I am here with my co-host, Didi Castile. How are you, Didi? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. So the holidays are almost over, and we're going to pop back into some pop culture, because even though it's been the holidays, people haven't really taken a break from like all this news and drama and wild, crazy interactions and stuff on the news. So there's so many topics that I want to cover. But the first thing I want to cover, um, since the last podcast, Matthew Perry has passed away and he was a huge star um, on Friends and just in general, celebrity wise. And I did a session with Juliana Fisher, who is our medium, our medium for the George Massey show. And we were discussing that we we found out that Matthew Perry was on a drug called ketamine. Am I saying that correctly? I believe so. Yes. And I was under the impression that it was used to treat depression. But you told me that it was also used for something else. So I want to get into that as well. What uh, what are the other uses for this ketamine drug? Well, I did some research on it and um, back um, in the like years ago, um, the they would use ketamine as a um, for horses, like a tranquilizer for horses. Anytime that they had to do surgery on them, that's what they would use to um, to calm them down. Basically, this is it knocks you out because if it's it's strong enough to knock out a horse, I can only imagine what it's strong enough to do to a human being. So. It was tested to be used in humans, though, right? Because I, I, I can't imagine that they're they're giving humans a horse tranquilizer and they didn't test to make sure that it was safe. But I'm assuming the amount that they give you is what's important, right? Unless I've overlooked something, um, I didn't see anything where it has been tested. But I did see where that they use it on some cases for um, depression. But well, yeah. it's very small doses. Um, doses. Well, right, because let's be honest, this is a tranquilizer. A tranquilizer will knock you out. We are not knocking people out, you know, with depression medications. You know, I think that a small, small dose might, you know, mellow you out and, and even out your, your mood. But I'm assuming how what, what my real question would be, and I don't know the answer to this, is how would a normal person go about getting this drug? Because it has to be administered by a doctor. So we know that he was on the drug through a doctor, but we were hearing information that he was he had it in his system. And at the time that he passed away and he hadn't seen the doctor to administer it in over a week. Well, I know that he was on ketamine um, infusions and they did say that it had been like around two weeks um, since his last infusion. So. I would like to know where he got it from. It, um, was it something that maybe um, he was able to get? Did his doctor maybe prescribe it to him? Um, was it the right dosage? Because if it was used for horses years ago as a tranquilizer, did he have the wrong dosage where it completely knocked him out? Because remember, they said that he drowned in his hot tub. Right. So I'm thinking um, if he got the dosage, was it the correct dosage and how much was actually in his system for it to cause him to pretty much fall asleep and drown in the in the um, hot tub? So I was thinking, so, you know how if a drug dealer sells someone drugs and those drugs are laced 
with something terrible and that person passes away, the law allows you to criminally penalize that drug dealer for what they did. So do you think that works with doctors? Do you think if a doctor was to overprescribe you something or give you a larger dose than they should have and it ends up fatal, who do you think is responsible? Like, we don't know. This is all alleged. We don't know if a doctor administered this or if he administered it himself. But hypothetically speaking, if a doctor was to administer the drug and it's it's an unhealthy amount, a big dose that caused, you know, not necessarily fatal, but it could cause a heart attack. It could cause lots of different than cardiac arrest. Who's responsible here? I feel like the doctor would have to be responsible in that situation, right? Exactly. If a doctor gives you a dosage that is wrong and you are trusting that doctor and you take that dosage um, or someone you know takes a, a dosage that a doctor has given them and something happens to you or that person, then the doctor needs to be held responsible 100%. See, in the Michael Jackson um, death situation, that doctor who administered an unhealthy amount of dose of medicine to him, he was criminally charged and he lost his license. He's no longer able to practice medicine. And I think that it's important that we hold doctors accountable because a lot of times, especially in the entertainment industry, there are doctors who are prescribing drugs to people because they want them, not because that they are medically needed, not it's not necessary. It's because the status of that person and maybe that person has the right amount of money and they're just giving the drugs to the people. And I mean, I'm not taking away from the fact that they you know, were addicted and they made their own decisions, but I believe in enablers. And I believe enablers, you know, are are giving people the the, the tools that are causing their demise. And I think that as a doctor, you know, you know, when you're a police officer, you take an oath to serve and protect. You want to help people, right? And I feel like in medicine, it's the same thing. You always want to do things to help and better the health of others. And I do feel like some doctors have lost their way. They make decisions based on money. They make decisions based on, you know, financial gain. And you know, greed is a huge thing. You know, we have people in our, our public eye, like the Kardashians. They have more money than they could spend, their kids could spend, their grandkids could spend, their great-great-grandkids could spend, but they're still out making more money. And I know greed is a huge thing in our society now. There's never too much money. People are just willing to do whatever it takes to get more money. But I do feel like we need to make sure that our medical professionals are being held fully responsible for what they mm -hmm. are giving people. because we as non-medical people we might think we want a drug we might think that this might help back pain we don't know that we didn't go to school for eight years to determine what we need so doctors need to be a lot more um strict on what they're handing people and just it, we don't get to just prescribe what we need right like the doctor needs to say no that's not something that would benefit you and just say no exactly like that's that is a sad part about the industry if you have money and you go to a doctor um some doctors they will break the the rules bend the rules break the law just to make that extra dollar and in the long run you know that person that paid all that money rather whether it's for them or someone they know they they're the ones that wind up paying for it and sometimes it costs them their life. Right. Exactly. It's it's not just, um, you know, it's not like over serving alcohol, you know, like 
because you can overserve someone and then they pass out and then you know they're hung over the next day they're still alive okay like this is way more serious than that it's like when you overserve someone a prescription medication that could be more than likely fatal and it could cause mm -hmm. all types of damage to the brain to the body to the heart to the arteries there's so many different things that are at play here and i just feel like we're watching celebrities self-destruct with the assistance of medical exactly. professionals and i think that that is something that we need to look into we need to make sure that our laws are holding medical professionals responsible for their part in that because a lot of times they look at it as oh well i prescribed the drug i can't i can't control whether or not they're going to abuse it or not my question my question or my red flag um keeps coming up i'm still you know i'm still studying it and i'm still reading on it um so don't hold me to anything but i did see um where matthew perry had stated that he did not like the way um the ketamine made him feel it made him feel like a zombie Ew. so my question is why would he be taking it even after his infusion and did he know that's what he was taking? I mean, there's just like so many questions, so many you're, red flags. You're not off base with wondering. A lot of people are wondering, like, would he have voluntarily taken that right before getting in the hot tub, that amount of that ketamine drug? And a lot of people are wondering, how was it given it to given to him how was it administered was it an infusion did he drink it a lot of people have a lot of questions because let's say that he had that drug on hand in his house doesn't mean that he necessarily was injecting himself there there could have been other people around there could have been somebody who did something to make sure that that drug entered his system you're not off base wondering that because he had recently went on a date with a new woman that he was getting to know like he didn't seem like he was anywhere near his end of life it didn't feel to me that he had given up on life and he was trying to end his life. And, you know, we kind of saw that with Aaron Carter as well. You know, when he passed away, it didn't seem like he was at the end of his life. He was actually planning things. He has his son that he was taking care of. He was ready to go on tour. He was making new music. So I want to move into this subject of Bobby Jean Carter because Aaron Carter's sister, she was 41 years old. She passed away unexpectedly. They released today that she was found unresponsive in her bathroom. Now, that is very eerie, similar to um, what happened with Erin. It didn't say anything about a bathtub, but it did say that she was found unresponsive in her bathroom. So I immediately reached out to my medium, um, Juliana Fisher, and I asked her, you know, what kind of insight can you give me? And she said that what she saw was some sort of cardiac arrest or sudden collapsing. Um, so she she has she hasn't had enough time to, you know, really dig in. But she said initially. Um, she saw a vision, you know, she is a clairvoyant and she said that she saw her unexpectedly collapsing to the floor and dying. So we do know that Bobby Jean had been arrested recently in Tampa, Florida, where she lives for possession of cocaine. But her roommate said that she was not using at the time of this situation. So what do you think is going on? Because this this family it's reminding me a lot of the Kennedy the that you know tap them in the horrific um events that have happened that have horrified this family like how do you feel do you feel like this is all random do you think that there's something deeper going on how do you feel about this i got a lot of mixed emotions to be honest i mean it's like um every time you turn around it's another 
um, actress or actor or someone or, or one of their family members, they're just suddenly dying. Um, and no, and nobody's like even questioning why or even trying to do any kind of investigation. Why? And I do know, you know, that people can be using and you not even know they can act totally normal. Um, but just like with Matthew, I mean, there needs to be more investigation with the Bobby Jean. I think there needs to be more investigation than, than what I've seen because you do, you don't just collapse and die. I mean, something happened, you know? Right. I mean, it's too soon to know like autopsy wise, if she was on anything, because you know, when you're on a certain types of drugs, it can cause you to collapse or go into cardiac arrest, actually, depending on how much is in your system. But it's way too soon. They haven't finished the autopsy. We don't have any other reports. I'm just it just really scares me because the family and I, I wonder how Nick Carter, you know, feels about this. I just recently did an interview with Aaron Carter's fiance and the mother of his child. And we were having conversations about this. And I just wonder, you know, how it makes the family feel when they see these things happening. Because I imagine you would be afraid and you would feel helpless. You would feel hurt. I can't imagine what it's like for their mom, Jane, to see their her children passing away. Like, I, I was always taught growing up, a mother should never, ever have to bury their child. So I can't imagine what this situation is like. And to top it off, Bobby um, Jean had an eight-year-old child. Which, it just, which just makes it even more real for me. These are real people. And a lot of people are like, oh, they're celebrities. These are real people. There are real people being affected. There is a child being affected by this. And it just, I, I have so many questions. And I just wonder if it's file play, because it's just odd to me that so many questionable things have happened to so many people in the same family. You know, it kind of reminds me of, I don't know if you ever watched the show Mob Wives, but the mob yeah. type situation where you, you piss off the wrong person. And, you know, when it comes to the mob, they'll come after your whole family. Right. So exactly. I was like, what is going on with the Carters? You know, I'm, I'm not saying that there's any involvement with a mob or anything. That's strictly, you know, just something that came into my head. But I just really want to know what is going on and why exactly, you know, are they being targeted? And even if it's um, more of a paranormal thing, you know, it's not necessarily a human behind what's going on. Like, what is the curse? What is going on? What did they do, you know, that that made whatever this force is come after them and do the surviving members worry, you know, like if anything is going to happen to them, that was another thing that came to my head as well. Like, do they worry, you know, that if this isn't coincidental or accidental, do they worry that, you know, they're being picked off one by one? Yeah. Um, like other celebrities, you know, like, um, let's go all the way back to, um, uh, Whitney Houston and her daughter, same both of them were found in the bathtub so it's it's just so, it's so coincidental you know matthew perry drowned in the hot tub it's very hard for you to drown in a hot tub um and then you know aaron being found um in the bathroom now a sister being found in the bathroom it's like there's like a i don't know it's more it's like a um like a pattern if you follow me, yeah. The only, you know, 
I don't know. It's just uh, it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing to to actually think that you know you see all these patterns, but still and yet it's like nobody the the law enforcement or you know nobody really cares because you hear okay they pass away you know their own social media about them passing away maybe a couple of days and then it's like it's over you don't hear nothing else and so it's like the 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 people who are generally fans or um we want to know what happen it just makes you wonder you know i don't want to get into weird conspiracy theories i don't want to get into that <laughs> but it just makes you wonder what's going on you know why are these celebrities yeah. and it's it's almost like the bigger the celebrity you are the more likely you're to pass away at a younger age and it's i don't and, know it, and it's always in the bathroom there's like another one um um stitch from ellen degeneres he was found in the bathroom well, I know that he committed suicide, but yeah, he was in a bathroom at a hotel. So what is it about bathrooms or what? <laughs> I mean, it's a pattern. You see what I'm saying? It's it's like a it's a pattern. The the similarity is there and you know, we can't we can't know exactly why it is or if they're linked in some way, you know, cuz you know, a lot of people believe in the Illuminati and you know, a lot of people believe that when you become a celebrity, you sell your soul to the Illuminati. They now own your soul. And, you know, and they tend to, these theories are very crazy. You know, they they say that they sacrifice people, you know, for your fame and things like that. So I don't want to get too much into that. I'm not saying that I believe in the Illuminati, but I'm not saying that I don't. Because a lot of times when I see celebrities, they go from, you know, nothing to superstardom. It almost seems as though there is a higher power somewhere. Because let's let's take Taylor Swift. For example, she came out, she put out some music, it did okay. And then right after Kanye West and her had a little scuffle at the VMAs, she just kind of, she was everywhere. She blew up. And I'm not going to like say what I want to say, because I know the Swifties are not going to have it. But let's just say it like this. Taylor Swift is not Mariah Carey vocally, but she has outsold everyone. She's an extremely talented songwriter and performer, but let's be honest, when it comes to like strength of the voice, you know, there are other voices out there that we would consider much stronger. So I do have to believe that the Illuminati could be real because who, who would launch someone the way that they launched Taylor Swift? And, you know, we have other singers out there who could outsing her if they wanted to, you know? And oh yeah, most definitely. But she is the most powerful singer, you know, Taylor and Beyonce, those are the two people that they dominate the music industry. And it's really interesting because it's women, because back in the day, I think Mariah Carey was the one who started telling us about how men were dominating the industry and they were making decisions for women and they decided if women were going to be famous or not. And now we're seeing a huge shift in the industry. You know, women are in charge and women are making the decisions and they're putting out the music and they're selling out the stadiums and the arenas. So it's, it's a really interesting shift. And I think it's, it's something that should have been a long time ago, you know, because let's be honest in the music industry, women have kind of been the driving force. So you go back to the, the most legendary singers, there's much more legendary women than there are yeah. legendary men comes to singers and the, the iconicness of music and, and catalogs, women have always been leading the pack. You know, like it hasn't been, you know, we've had Frank Sinatra, we've had um, 
Michael Jackson, who was big, but we've had way more women. Like you think of Diana Ross, the Supremes and all the, the girl groups, Aretha Franklin and all of the impact that they had. It's clear women were in charge. Men were under the impression that making these decisions, but they weren't making these decisions. They were just behind the scenes. And um, the women actually get away with a lot of more things than the men do. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of, let's talk about Shakira. <laughs> oh, yeah. You were telling me about this story um, with Shakira. Now, I heard about it, I don't know, close to a year ago, probably, that she had failed to file taxes for like a really long time, right? Like, I'm, we're talking like a decade, right? Like, we're talking about a long time. And she owed the government, the IRS, $15.8 million, which I thought, how is that even possible? But, you know, I'm not a billionaire or a millionaire. I don't know how much people are paying in taxes. So that means that she's made like six, seven, eight times that in this amount of time. But she owed the IRS this money. And we were under the impression the news stories made it seem like they were going to put her in jail. And I thought that that was crazy. So we found out recently, we were just talking about this, that not only is she not going to jail, she doesn't even have to pay the $15.8 They are going to let her settle the date debt for $7.6 million, meaning that she's paying half of what she owed to the IRS. Now, the first thing that I said to you was, now, if I owe the IRS $50,000, they were going to arrest me. Like, they don't care. So I was like, how do you manage to owe them almost $16 million? And they not only are they not going to put you in jail, which they put people in jail for this all the time. I remember Eddie Murphy spent quite some time in jail for because the IRS put him in jail for taxes. But somehow Shakira was able to convince the IRS to let her pay less than half. And they're not going to put her in jail. So how does this work? Because how does... I'm confused at the way she's being treated. Is she like an elite group or something like what's going on here? I have no idea. Um, I mean, going back to what you were talking about and what we were just talking about, the Illuminati. I mean, I believe possibly the Illuminati has something to do with it, because if you're in good with the Illuminati, you get away with anything. Well, yeah, you don't. You definitely don't go to jail. Or that's you know? what I've heard. <laughs> well, right. Well, I remember we were talking earlier, and I remember that when Aretha Franklin passed away, she owed $7.8 million in, in back taxes. Aretha was very old school. She liked to be paid in cash. I remember she came and did a show in Ohio back in the day, and she demanded 25000 in cash to be brought to her. Then she received the rest in cash. Um, after the show, which, you know, it's it's not common to pay someone two hundred fifty to three hundred thousand dollars in cash. But this was she was very old school and she traveled with thousands and thousands of dollars in her purse. I don't know if a lot of people knew about this, but this was she was pretty famous for the old school way. She wouldn't get on an airplane. I don't know if you knew that she um, took an overseas trip and there was horrific turbulence and she never got on an airplane again. She traveled. Wow. In her yeah, her own personal limo. See, over. I'm not the only one that don't like flying, George. And you know that she would have made lots of money going overseas and performing her music. She did yeah. it. And after that trip, she vowed never to get back on an airplane, and she didn't. And not only that, she doesn't like to stay in hotels that are really high up. So she has to be within the first four, had to be, unfortunately, she passed away, had to be within the first four floors of a hotel. She would not go up 
high wow. in a building. So yeah. But what's interesting is the IRS, after Aretha passed away, they demanded her estate um settle her tax debt. They just recently paid off the 7.8 million in full. They didn't give any deals, any breaks. They wanted every single dime. So it's really interesting because Shakira, who owed almost 16 million, she only had to pay 7.8. And let's be real, Shakira has probably a hundred million dollars in the bank. Shakira is not only an international She's probably a billionaire by now. She's not only an international star, she has hits in every country, right? Like we got her over here in America. She put out a massive album in the early 2000s. She had massive hits. She's performed at the Super Bowl. Like, and that's just here. We're not talking about Colombia. They just recently unveiled a statue of her in Colombia. And she has all these Spanish speaking albums. She just has so many different ways to connect with people around the world. So $15 million or $60 million wasn't going to break her. She could have paid it. That's that. I guess that's, that's really pocket change for her. She probably laughed at it. Well, right. I think that the fact that she <laughs> got out of it when we know for a fact that she could have just handed them the money and made this all go away. It, it, I guess that's what makes it even more weird to me. I mean, I'm not saying that she should have paid it, but if, if you owe the IRS that money, if I owe the money, they're going to expect me to pay it. Right, like they don't want to hear they it. They would want to put us poor people in jail over a couple of dollars. Yes, like they would, <laughs> they would garnish our wages and then put us in jail on top of it. Like there is absolutely no negotiations with the IRS. So it's really interesting to me that she somehow was able to talk them down to paying less than fifty percent of what she owed, which she could have just paid. And in my opinion. If you owe so much, they usually charge late fees. They should have charged her double, right? Like, I feel like there should have been double, triple. Right. And I don't know. I don't want to say that she got special treatment, but I just feel like there's no other way to explain it. I don't know any other way. Me either. Me either. So you were telling me about Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck. So they're not married or they are married. I'm trying to. They are married. They were they dated um, 20 years ago and then Mm -hmm. they went their separate ways and then they reconnected. And now they are married. You were telling me that they were having post-traumatic stress from their previous dating history. Is that what you were telling me? So now they're seeing like a therapist to try to get through the trauma from before. What kind of trauma are we talking about? According to, according to what I've seen online, um, they are going, they have PTSD due to their um, first uh, relationship because of the fans. The fans are overwhelming them, asking them um, a lot of questions and they're not, they don't know how to, um, from what I'm seeing, from what I'm reading, you know, I know you can't believe everything you see on social media, okay? But from what I've seen and what, what I've read, um, they are getting overwhelmed with and bombarded by a lot of questions and a lot of hate from the fans um, because of their relationship and their past relationship. Like, this might be a dumb question, but why did they break up in the first place? You know, I don't even know. Um, I mean, Jennifer, I guess because it's Jennifer Lopez. I mean, Jennifer Lopez. I mean, I love Jennifer Lopez. I've always been a fan of Jennifer Lopez. But you, let's be honest. Jennifer Lopez loves to change men like she changes her underwear. 
So he didn't cheat on her, right? He didn't cheat on her or anything, right? Um, I think they both cheated on each other. Oh, okay. I see. <laughs> I mean, I like them together. I remember back in the day, I think we used to call them Benefer. Didn't we call them Benefer? Uh, yeah, that's what they yeah. still call them, Benefer. I remember yeah. that. And it's like, I'm happy for her. It's really interesting, though, because she married Mark Anthony. She had kids with Mark Anthony. And then mm-hmm. things didn't work out. And she ended up back with Ben Affleck. I have seen, I'm not going to lie, a lot of videos of them out in public together. And they look really upset and angry. And I think it's because people are being so bombarding, like you said. And, like, following them around. They can't go anywhere. They can't do anything. And, you know, Jennifer Lopez is a massive celebrity. She was a massive celebrity back then. She's an even more massive celebrity now. Like, she's doing amazing. I think Ben, things have slowed down a little bit for Ben. We don't see him in as many movies. He's not as a big of a public figure as, he's, as he was back when they first started dating. So maybe that might be playing a part of it as well. He's kind of being relaunched back into that A-list stardom. Like, he's always been A-list, but some celebrities kind of take a step back and i feel like ben's life has been more laid back lately it's a step back from the public eye and jennifer lopez has not taken a step back we've seen her in movies her music she's always performing and i do want to ask you a question this is a little controversial and i don't want you to like get a little upset but (laughs) how do you feel about jennifer lopez's singing voice some of her songs are good but there's some of them i'm like what is she thinking? See, I am obsessed with Jennifer Lopez as an actress, but not 100% sure that she's like a big, massive singer. You know, I know that I think I think the question that I always used to ask if she wasn't a huge celebrity and actress and public icon, would she have been as successful as a singer? That's what I always used to wonder. Because I was like, I think that since she was already an icon you know icons are allowed to do whatever they want like do you remember paris hilton was an icon she still is and then she put out an album and then the album did well but did it does she sing good i don't know but she's an icon so she's allowed to do things like that and i wonder if that's what happened with jennifer lopez well you know that she started um as a back backup dancer and then she got the role with um in the movie selena and then ever since she did that role, you know, it, with Selena, it's like she just flew to stardom. Yep. But I don't think if she were to just only do singing, I don't think she would be as popular. Um, now, well, she sounds good with like as a backup singer on some of the songs that, that she sing, you know, that she helped sing or whatever. But like the solos. No. So I don't know if you know who Ashanti is. Ashanti's a, a R&B singer from the early 2000s. And apparently there's some drama. Okay, also Ashanti and Nelly are together. I don't know if you know who Nelly is, the rapper. Um, yeah, I know who oh, Nelly is. <laughs> Ashanti, Ashanti says, this is all alleged, that she recorded demos for Jennifer Lopez. And Jennifer took the demos and release them as her own using Ashanti's voice. Now, this has oh. been a long, yeah, this has been a long going dispute between um, Ashanti and Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez hasn't really acknowledged it much, but Ashanti has been very um, persistent with her claims. And I've heard there's on YouTube, if you go and you listen to 
um the what do you call it? the demo that Ashanti recorded and then you they play that and then they also afterward plays the Jennifer Lopez radio version I'm I'm not sure that it's not Ashanti's voice maybe Jennifer sang over that voice a little but I do still hear her voice and I I wondered if you know she's been doing this using other people's voice you know I don't know if she has cuz her voice it doesn't sound super strong you know, I think that, like you said, there's some songs that she put out, like Waiting for Tonight. She sounds really, really good. And then there are some other songs. I know she did a um, Whitney Houston tribute on one of the award shows years back. And, you know, it's not her range. You know, she didn't sound, you know, anyone who tries to sing Whitney Houston other than Mariah Carey or Celine, you know, you're not going to do a good job. But we're not going to judge her for that. But I do feel like in her vocal range... And Ashanti's vocal range, the the similarities were there. And mm-hmm. how do you feel about people stealing people's music, like or stealing people's voice? Because this has been a, a subject in the music industry lately as well. Because you know Taylor Swift had to re-record one of her albums because she wanted to have the rights to her music, and the person who owned the music didn't want to sell it to her, or give it to her. So how do you feel about that subject with people taking ownership of other people's things? I think is very wrong. I mean, let's go back all the way back to Millie Vanilli. I know you got to know who Millie Vanilli is. Okay, well, they were like famous. They were popular. Everybody loved Millie Vanilli Mm -hmm. until the truth come out that they were lip singing the whole time, that that was somebody else singing. That's They lost their stardom like in the blink of an eye. If you are, I don't care like how famous you are if you've got to stoop to the level to steal someone else's steal someone else's voice then were you really a star i mean so recently neo i don't know if you watched the mass singer the mass singer the season that just ended i don't want to ruin it did you watch it are you gonna watch it i haven't watched it yet Okay, so I'm not going to tell you who won. But recently, the singer Neo was on The Masked Singer, and he made some statements on an interview recently. And he was like, I remember when the music industry used to be an elite group of extremely talented people. And he said, now I just feel like they let anyone in. How do you feel about that statement? Do you agree with it? Do you disagree with it? I totally agree. agree. I totally agree. Hands down, I agree. Because some of these people that... I don't know where they're getting their names from. I don't know what they're saying. I don't know. It's like what, you know, some of it sounds like baby jabber. Some of it sounds like other languages. Like what the hell am I listening to? And then they be giving them names like, huh? What? (laughs) Where did you get that name? I'm like, who are these people? I mean, I hate to sound like an old man, but I do say all the time, I'm like, when I was growing up, you know, the music was much better than this. It actually had meaning. It had lyrics. I could understand what they were yes. saying, you know, and it's it's so interesting because when I was younger, people had staying power in the music industry. They would put out an album. They would be around. They would put out another album. Have you noticed now People will put out a song. The song will do a uberly amazing stream sales. And then a year later, we don't remember who that person is. They're not around anymore. 
Um, we we don't hear the song anymore. They could never top the song that they released. And I think that's the difference between the music industry today and the music industry back then. I think that you had to have staying power. You had to have usable talent that could be recreated over and over. And I think exactly. now, yeah, now you just need to put out one song that sounds kind of catchy and then they're going to put you on the radio. But two years from now, you're not going to be on the radio anymore because they don't look for um, long lasting talent anymore. And I think that the music industry is suffering because every year we welcome so many new artists into the industry and we put them on the radio. We let them go on tour. And then I think a lot of these industry labels and the people in the industry are losing a lot of money because there's no return on the investment. Like when when we put out new artists back in the day, there was a big return on investment. You know, we would oh, yeah. launch them, and then 10 years later, they're still on tour. So there was a huge return on investment. But now they launch the person, they go do one tour and then they're done. They don't do anything anymore. And, and no sometimes return. they don't even do a tour. Now, do you want, you know, let's let's talk about back in the day okay like now they don't even have to even try to become famous back in the day with like loretta lynn dolly parton kenny rogers um willie nelson like the like huge huge stars they had to work for it these days you don't gotta work for it yeah, you're right. You're right. Social media has made it a lot easier. Okay, so I remember Mariah Carey telling a story back in the day. She said that she would send her cassettes. Let's let's just be real here. She would send her cassettes to record labels. This was back when she was a, a background singer for Brenda K. Starr back in the day. Mar imagine Mariah Carey, a backup singer, and she would send her, her cassettes to different labels, and she would go to the label and for a meeting, and they would put you in a room, like a, a conference room, and just tell you to sing. Like this, they just want to prove you could sing. And she said that so many people told her, you know, you're just not marketable. You're not good enough. And it's, it's almost mind blowing that people could listen to this woman sing and tell her that she's not good enough. And then when I listen to the artist of today, don't get me wrong. A lot of these people are talented, especially in the songwriting um, field, like Olivia Rodrigo, I think just an amazing songwriter taylor swift an amazing songwriter i don't know you know voice wise if she's gonna compare you know to the people that we've had in the past but the way that they write lyrics is amazing but the way that they look at these artists now they put them on social media and if you could gather a few hundred thousand followers they'll put your music out and you know like you were talking about the artists back you know back in the day that's not how it worked. They had so many talents to prove that they could do this, to prove that they could sing, to prove that they could make it on the road. And now you're if you're like the 10th person through the door, they're like, oh, we're going to give you a shot. We're going to put your song on streaming. And it's it's really interesting. And it's the, the industry has changed. And I get that it's changed because now that with streaming, people don't buy physical albums anymore. So they they're looking for different ways to market to make the money but i know the touring is the main way to make your money back you know when you put people out yeah. put them on the road you know taylor swift proved that with a one billion dollar tour I, I think that we didn't no one had ever fathomed that you could make a billion dollars doing a tour like no one that it wasn't even some people have been out their whole lives and haven't made a billion dollars taylor swift did it in one tour and i think that the industry has has shifted 
And, you know, it's it's more so about how much money can we make rather than putting out people with good talent and substance. And I think you nailed it because Dolly, all the people that you named today are still doing amazing things today. And I think they're that's, still famous. Everybody yes. knows who they are. <laughs> and I think that, that says a lot because, you know, there's people who song we were singing on repeat two years ago that we can't even remember their names. You know, it's at that, like, because that's just, there's no substance. You know, they put out a song, it's catchy, we sing it for a few months or for a whole summer, and then two years later, that person isn't singing anymore, they're not on the radio anymore, they not, they're they not on tour anymore, they're not there. But look at, like you said, Dolly Parton, and, and Will, these people are still touring to this day. And it just yes. shows that staying power was a requirement in the music industry, and I kind of wish that it still was. Oh, I want to talk about Mariah. We were talking about Mariah Carey a little bit already. Um, so her and her fiance, I think he was Brian Tanaka. I don't know if you were familiar with him. He was a backup dancer for her and they started a relationship. They were together seven years and they have called it quits. And in true Mariah form, she kicked him off her tour and she doesn't want him around her anymore. How do you feel about the fact that I think he's 10 years younger than Mariah, if maybe a couple more years, he wanted to have children. And obviously Mariah Carey has done that. Um, how do you feel about their relationship ending because of that? Do you think that that was a, a reason to end their relationship? Or do you think that, you know, they could have compromised in some way? Well, anytime that, you know, an older person, whether you're a man or a woman, gets in a relationship or even thinks about a relationship with a younger person that does not have children, or has children and maybe in the near future would want more children. That's something that you need to sit down and talk about before you even start the relationship, because it's not fair to you. And it's not fair to the, the person that you're in a relationship with when it comes to something like this, you separate because one wants children and the other one doesn't. Yeah. I mean, so I, it is wrong on both ends. We know that, I don't know if you know this, but Mariah's 54 years old. She doesn't look it, she doesn't act it, but she's 54 years old. And I kind of understand at 54 being the queen of Christmas and having such an extensive portfolio of music, right? Like she does a Christmas tour every year and she just sings Christmas music. Like if she doesn't ever want to sing We Belong Together again, she doesn't have to. So I get it where she's like, I have kids. She has her twins and she's like, I've done that. I've, I've, I've done that chapter of my life. So I kind of understand. And her life is so busy. So I always love to see how she um, implements her kids into her life because she's super, super active with her children. And it's, it's, it's nice to see because a lot of times celebrities will have children and they'll hire a nanny and then they'll go on the road. And those children were never raised by them. The nanny raised them. So I love exactly. seeing... Um, her Instagram, where she takes her kids to theme parks, she takes them out, she puts them in her her um, reels. You know, they're super active in her life. And I feel like that's so important because, you know, their dad, Nick Cannon, he's got a lot of kids. Right. So he doesn't have a lot of time. And Nick Cannon works a lot. He's a very hardworking man. So there's only so much time in the day. Right. So I love that his kids spend so much time with their mother and they have that bond. And, you know, at 54 years old. She might not want to do that again. She might not want to start over at that point. Well, don't you think that's something that you need to have um, have a, a, a conversation about? 
I mean, I know that I read that they were when they first started that they were both on pay on the same page, um, wanting to have more children. But fifty-four years old, I mean, come on, like you, you. By the time that child turns twenty years old, you're going to be in a nursing home somewhere. So, right, <laughs> and. and you know, and and Nick Cannon, I've done lost count of how many children he's got. So he's <laughs> the last time I heard it was over twelve. I don't know if the and but I think last this year alone he had a couple, right? At least two. I think so. I mean, you know, I don't fault him. You know, I I was um reading the Bible. The Bible said, "Be fruitful and multiply." You should have as many kids as possible. And I was raised in a religious cult. You know, having kids was something they thought was great. And I mean, I know he posted recently on social media that he spent over one hundred and twenty thousand a year on Disneyland because he takes each of his kids separately, you know, and their family, their mom and other siblings to Disneyland every year. That's one of the things that he does for his kids. And I thought, man, that's a lot of money. But, you know, it's important to have that one on one time with those children. And when you have your your children are in the the numbers of the teens you have that many children you know that's a that's something that you really have to invest in and i i respect him because some fathers super absent like when i was growing up super absent father like i didn't get any of that so i respect the fact that he makes the time and he works super hard to give these kids the best possible life i mean I know the kids probably look at it as I'd rather just have more time with him. Disneyland is fine, but I'd rather have more time with him. But he's still making that effort, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, Mariah Carey and, you know, they should have sat down and they should have talked. And, you know, and let's be honest. I, he was probably with her for the fame, for his 15-minute fame. So, I mean... Yeah. I was very surprised when I saw they broke up that they were even still together. Let me just be really honest with you. I was super surprised. And I have a question. So when really, really um, powerful, talented women tend to date non-talented, powerful men. So we saw this with Britney Spears. Um, we saw it with Mariah. A lot of times Ariana Grande was recently married to Dalton Gomez. They, they look for these non-celebrity men who don't have the same bank account status. How do you feel about that? Do you feel that these powerful women should put themselves in a situation with another powerful man? Or do you feel like it's up to her? She can date a rich man, poor man, homeless man, whatever. Like, how do you feel about that? Because I always feel like it's imbalanced. So how do you feel about that? I feel like whether you're um, whether you're a man or a woman, you need to be with whoever makes you happy, whoever, you know, whether they poor or rich. But if you are a very powerful um, woman or man have, you know, you're famous, you're a star. I would. And I know people are going to come after me because we've done did it um, on our other podcast. I am very, very, very you need to have a um, oh you're talking about a prenup a prenup yeah prenup i would do like a, a prenup if y'all ever get married and if y'all are just going to be in a relationship i would get the lawyer to type something up legally and have both of a uh, both of you sign it saying that if y'all ever go split your ways that that person cannot have nothing that belongs to you that you weren't hard for but why do you think these really powerful, talented women are seeking love from a normal guy? 
Is that normal to you or do you do you understand it? I understand it because, you know, watching watching everything that goes on um, in the with the social media, all these men that, you know, they're famous, they cheat on their their wives left and right. Um, so the women, they, they're wanting to actually find someone. They actually want to try to find legit love. You know, they really want to be with someone that's going to love them for them, not for who they are. But sadly, 99% of the time, they fake it just to be able to get into the, to the relationship, get the woman where they want them, and then try to take them for everything they have. That's so when my... you're in the public eye, it's hard to find someone who legit, legitimately loves and cares about you that for you for who you are not for who you are and what you got if that makes sense no i I totally understand that's why you know a lot of people looked at um lebron james and his wife um she was there when he lived in akron ohio and he was playing basketball and lived in you know not the best area so now that he's a billionaire i think that his wife is a huge example of what it's like to love him for him she loved him when he had nothing she loves him when he has everything. And I think that a lot of celebrities, unfortunately, they don't have the person to bring with them to the top. Mm-hmm. They're meeting people after they get there. And like you said, do these men want to be with these women because they think that they're an amazing woman? Or do, you know, if Britney Spears was to send me a DM right now and say, hey, you're cute. I'm like, hey, let's get married right now. But you know why? Because she's Britney <laughs> Spears. I don't love her. I don't Everyone know her. Say no to Britney Spears, right? Right. Like, <laughs> Send me a DM right now while we're recording. I would just stop this recording right now and be like, I'm on my ways to get married. Let's do it. Um, send me the jet, um, whatever you want me to wear. I'll put it on when I get there. Like, we're getting married right now. Like, because, and let's think about it. When Taylor Swift decides she wants to date a guy, she just reaches out to the guy and says, let's date. Has the guy ever said no? A no? Is Taylor Swift who would want to say no? Travis was very (laughs) open to the idea because you know what? When I was in school, Girls used to come up to me or whatever, or my friends, and like, hey, you're cute. I like you. And then we would say, you know, no, you're not my type, you know. But now these really powerful women, no one's saying no. You know, like if Taylor wants to date you, you're dating Taylor, period. Exactly. If Taylor wants to marry you, you're marrying her, period. You don't have any say in that. This is just how it works. So I think that Mariah leaving him for the idea, well, I don't know who left who, but I think it was her because at her age, he wants kids, you know, and he wants kids and he's younger than her. And it's, it's very possible that that's something that he needs in his life. But I think that you're right. When you become famous at such a early stage in your life, the people that you can trust that number, it, it significantly drops. And you just don't know why people are interested in you. You don't know why people are taking an interest in you. You don't know if it's because you're pretty, if you're smart, if you're talented, if you're rich, all of the above. And I think that a lot of the women in the industry, when I see them with a normal, regular guy, I know a lot of people are like, oh, I love that for them because, you know, they just want to be treated like a normal person. I look at it as this normal guy is trying to cash in. And I know that's that's yeah. not always true, but that's my first. It's not. It's not. Because look at. All right, let's go back a little bit. Let's look at Dolly Parton's husband. She just recently put him in the public eye. Yeah. Nobody even knew who she was married to. And they've been together 
from my understanding, they've been together whenever she was poor, like back in the day, trying to um, become famous. So mm -hmm. it, it's worth if you're with someone when you're poor and they stick with you, you have a better chance than once you up there getting with someone, they're just going to use you for everything you got. Right. That's why I am so fond of a prenup, postnup, pronup, whatever you want to call it. Get it signed. I, I think you're 100 percent right. I think that when you're worth every billion dollar, like when Jay-Z and Beyonce got married, I think that was an equal an equal partnership. Right. Because like, remember, I said, I think that there should be a balance. Jay-Z had almost a billion. She had almost a billion. They got married. I could see the. I could see the the union in that. But we did hear in one of Beyonce's songs that Jay-Z was cheating on her. So maybe a lot of these women are looking at it as celebrity men, men in the public eye feel like they're untouchable. I want to be treated, you know, well and respected. But I will, I'm going to bring this up, too. So did you hear about Shannon Doherty's husband? was recently found out to be cheating on her while she was having brain surgery for her tr her treatment for her cancer. Yes, I've seen that. I was like, oh, no. It doesn't get any worse. I don't know how you could be a, any worse of a human being than to put her through that. She's literally in stage four going fighting for her life. And, you know, the first thing that came to my mind was if you're you're ready to leave the relationship, be a good person and, and wait it out and be a good person to her because I guarantee you she was a good freaking person to you for this whole union. Like the fact that he would do that, it really, really hit home. Cause I was like, this woman is literally going through surgery after surgery, doing everything in her power to stay alive. And then all she needs from him is to just be supportive and to help her get through this, you know, her life, she might not be able to, to save it. Right. Like we don't know what's going to happen, but the doctors are not, super optimistic so when i saw that i was like well this is a normal guy so i guess bad guys are bad guys whether they got a million dollars or a dollar you know so i really need to really be less hard on the normal guys when i see them approaching these really famous rich women you know but it just like i said even me i'm a normal i'm a normal guy but if if ava max taylor swift or britney spears sent me a dm we're getting married, you know, put a ring, you know, put a ring on it. We're getting married. Like I'm just being real. And I'm, I think any other guy is the same way. And I think that it's wrong, but this is just how the world we live in. Like if you were approached, if you were out at a casino and a high roller walked up to you and was like, let me buy you a drink. Would you take the drink? Would you, would you want to get to know him? No. Oh, oh, so you want to take the high road now, whatever. Take the high road. I'm not taking the high road. Taylor Swift. It's not that I want to know. It's not that I want to take the high road. It's not that I want to take the high road. It's just that with me being in the public eye, with my filming, you know, with doing music videos, um, you know, I'm, I'm filming in a movie. I'm fixing to start filming in another movie. And I've got some other things going on. I know... I don't want to give them the wrong impression. Does that make sense? It's like, I'm not in this. I'm not trying to find a rich husband. I don't want a rich husband. You know what I'm saying? I'm me. So, well, and, and my mind now, remember now I'm old school. Okay. Yeah. I'm old school in my mind. There ain't no man going to tell me, well, you got to where you are because of me. No, yeah. 
I, I, I feel that. I understand that because he feels like he gave it to you. He can take it away. Exactly. Let, me just, let me make it really clear. If you're a woman and you're rich and you have some Grammys and you think I'm cute, DMs are open. DMs are open. You know, reach out to me. Mine are. So stay out of them. I am not against a rich girlfriend, fiance, wife. I don't know. Whatever you want to call us, just call just say it. You know, whatever you want to call. I don't care about the title. You know, like I am not taking the high road. You know, I, I'm good. Like if you want to put me in your million dollar mansion, I'll cook you eggs in the morning. You know, whatever, whatever. I got you for real. Like I'm not I'm not one of those like super great people. I'm not going to lie. Right. I'm not like a super good guy. Like if you want to be with me and you're a millionaire, let's talk. Let's talk. Like the conversation is open. <laughs> Not me. So stay out of my DMs. Well, no DMs for I actually DMs. get a lot of DMs and I just delete them because I'm just, I'm not that kind of, I'm not that kind of a person. So, so I mean, we can be friends, we can hang out or whatever, but I would never be in a relationship with anyone that ha that's, that's rich or famous. That, that's not me. Okay, so one last subject before we end. Um, P. Diddy is under fire right now. And we saw this happen with R. Kelly after his um, surviving R. Kelly documentary aired. Um, and I, so in my opinion, what bothers me the most about these situations, obviously the abuse and the horrific things that these women went through. But what even bothers me even more is how many people were aware of it and didn't do or say anything until now, because I think that may that that kind of makes you an accomplice, in my opinion, because Cassie, um, who was dating Diddy for almost a decade, I believe um, they're no longer together. She's actually married and has children like she's moved on. Diddy has also moved on. Um, she came out and she released, you know, what happened with them, the allegations that um, happened during their relationship, the things that transpired, which are very horrific, the the stories and other women have come forward too. But what bothered me the most was bodyguards and other people in the industry started to come out and back up her story. And what, what got to me was, why are you waiting so long? Why would you want someone who was doing these horrific things to get away so long? And I'm not a woman. I've not been through that. So I can't answer that question. So I was like thinking, what what do you think would cause so many people to stay silent while this man did such horrific things? He probably paid them to stay quiet or either their false um, accusations. Oh, so do you believe that it's possible that these accusations are not true? It's a possibility. So what, I'm not what saying they're not. I'm just saying it's a possibility because why would you wait so long? Why would you wait at all? Like if you were in that kind of relationship, whenever he went out on tour or as soon as you were or by yourself, why didn't you pick up the phone and call um, or dial 911? A relationship like that that she described. And there's other girls who came forward too. There was a girl who was at 17 at the time who showed pictures of her with Diddy sitting on his lap. She said um, there was an inappropriate relationship. You know, there was many, many crimes committed. You know, there's other people coming forward too. And the idea that he was allowed to do these things to all of these different people and then bodyguards and, you know, associates. Um, I don't know if you know who Danity Kane is. Um, they're a group that Diddy created. Um, Aubrey O'Day 
from Sanity Kane, she has been trying to tell us for years of the horrific things that went on behind the scenes. And I think that she, I want to say she's one of the people who's been trying to warn us for a long time. She's always said as much as she could. But you have to remember, too, Giddy is a billionaire. He's a very powerful man. And his the mother of his kids um passed away mysteriously, you know. And when he started his record label, I think five people were there when it started. All of them are dead, but one, and he are one or two, you know. Most of them passed away um mysteriously, heart attacks or whatever. I think that the fear of going up against someone that powerful could also be very terrifying for a young woman who you know doesn't have the money for lawyers that he does or doesn't have the the connections in the industry that he does so i don't know i feel like this might be the end of his, of his career because you know with r kelly when when this happened everyone finally washed their hands of him now he's in jail i don't think he's ever going to get out and i think that diddy he's lost like 30 something partnerships with businesses and companies like people don't want him around their their business or or what they're doing now and i think you know i'm not mad i mean if, if what is coming out is true even though it, it happened a really long time ago you know people should be held accountable for their actions regardless of when it happened exactly I exactly but there i'm a, you gotta understand too like were they really um were they really um abused I mean, if you have pictures where y'all you're happy, y'all, you know, you're kissing, you're hugging, you're partying, you're having a good time, were you actually abused? Well, that's where a lot of the questions come in at. Yeah. Um, like, you know, um, I know we're not gonna talk about it on this podcast, but like with the um with the Amber Heard and um yeah. like all that was lies, you know. Yeah. So why did she wait so long to come forward? Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? You make an excellent point, you know, and sometimes because I think in the R. Kelly situation, R. Kelly was paying off people um, to stay quiet. And then towards the end of his career, he didn't have any more money. And that's kind of when the, the um, documentary came about, because the women who were being paid to be quiet, they were no longer being paid to be quiet. So they were willing to speak. And then that's when, you know, it finally came to light what was going on. And I, I don't know how I feel about the fact that they were willing to accept money to not tell anyone. I feel like if someone did these horrific things, to, especially if you were a child or a minor, you should have that person held accountable. And, you know, I can't speak for what would make someone accept money in lieu of justice. I don't know. I, it's, I've never lived through what they lived through. But I just wish that women were able to speak out when it's happening and we would believe them because I know society, you know, is a victim blaming society, especially when it comes to abusive women, people are like, Oh, well, why didn't you leave? Or why didn't you do this? You know, we need to understand that the situation that they're in, we can't, um, we can't fathom it if we weren't there and we didn't live it. And I think a lot of times we, we are very hard on women when it comes to like abuse and, and, and how long they stayed or why didn't they didn't speak up. And I, I think that stigma might be part of the reason why women are like, well, I don't want to say anything because they're going to judge me or they're going to say that I, I did this to myself or or, you know, I think that that stigma is a reason why a lot of times people stay quiet. But then I don't like to associate that with when where people were accepting money to not talk. That's a different thing. 
you know, that's different. Well, you can, I mean, this is how I look at it as well. How do we know that those girls wasn't, because they were accepting money, they were being paid to be quiet. Well, how do we know that they were not in, that the person that was paying them wasn't put in a position where that the women or the girls were saying, you know what, if you give me so much money or I'm going to go forth, then I'm going to say that you rape me, you abuse me or whatever. So how do we know that um, they weren't, that the guys weren't being um, threatened? Because if, if, if you're accepting money to be quiet and then the money runs out and then you want to come up and say something, then were you really abused? That's yeah, that's a really tough question. Right. You know, I think that when we come across these stories and I think what really shocks me is how long these things have been going on. And I think the music industry, it opens this door for abuse, because when you're not in the industry and somebody is, they have so much power over you because they can mm -hmm. promise to help you. They can promise to launch your career. They can promise to do things for you that most people won't offer. You know, the opportunity that they're giving you is something that you're willing to do anything for. And I think unfortunately, a lot of these young women get involved with these men and they, they make deals. You know, like you said, they're making a deal. They want something, the guy wants something. And then when the deal doesn't work out, you know, who do we believe? How do we piece together the puzzle of what actually happened? Because it's true. We don't know the full story between any any side, because I think the Amber Heard and Johnny Jepp case really, really opened our eyes to what could really be going on behind the scenes. Because at first we would just believe whatever the woman said. She's obviously telling the truth. And then when Amber Heard came out, lied about everything. I think it really made us start to question, you know, should we should we just automatically believe people anymore? Because we were like, no, we need to understand, you know, she was hurt. She didn't. But now it's making us question our judgment because we don't know if people are saying things for financial gain, if they're saying things to get us get something out of the situation. Now we don't know honesty anymore. And even honesty can have tears behind it. We can watch somebody tell a story with tears in their eyes and they're lying. And I think it's making they're good it actors or actresses. Yeah. Yeah, it's so difficult for us to really believe anything anymore. And I think that we're in a place now where victim blaming and not believing people and that that element of doubt is everywhere. Like when we hear a story and, and I think it happens a lot because of the Internet, like people will fake their death on the Internet. And now we just question everything at this yeah. point. We hear it. And instead of believing it, we're like. We got to investigate. Yeah, because exactly. so many people are faking everything. You know, like the 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 famous women that, you know, um, that are being um, accused of stuff because of these guys. Well, how I mean, now, you know, we, men are starting to come forward and say stuff. Well, were you really, you know, taken advantage of? I mean, come on now. I mean, seriously. So, I mean, it, it goes both ways. You know, you're you poor. You find this one guy, this one woman that you, you know, swear up and down you want to be with just to get them. Because you got to understand, poor people do this stuff. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm, I'm just being honest. You know, this is what this is what we do. This is what me and you do. We're honest people. They will do that. Get them where they want them and then threaten them 
and because they've worked hard to get to where the 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 um yeah. famous person has worked so hard to get to where they are what do they do they pay them to stay quiet so yeah. they don't lose everything that they've worked hard for so it's so hard to if when someone comes forward and especially you know considering their background it you got to question everything yeah you really did it's unfortunate we're in a time now where we can't take anything at face value and i think you know the internet has made everything hard to believe and then there's and i think the amber heard case really made us all reevaluate everything we all had decided that that man was a horrible person and then we found out that he was not a horrible person he didn't do the things that she said so it, it really made us question like I can't just take anything at face value anymore. We are now all CIA detectives, right? Like we're all CIA. Yeah. We have to find out the truth on our own. And unfortunately, you know, in these situations, people are going to pick sides. But I think it's important for you as an individual, believe what you believe and investigate and find out what part of the story makes sense to you. Just because other exactly. people believe a certain thing doesn't make it true. You need to find your own personal truth in every situation. Exactly. Always do your investigation because just because it's on social media does not mean it's true. Absolutely. I agree. I agree with you 150%. You know, you just need to do your own research. You need to know your truth, seek it out and don't take everything at face value. I think that's what we learned in 2023, right? I feel like 2023 taught us that face value is the worst possible way to get your information. You know, you need to be your own detective, your own PI, and, you know, the Internet is great, but you need to learn about things and people and stories and situations on your own. So this was a really good discussion. Um, This is episode six of the Pop Culture Podcast. I want to thank my co-host, Didi Castile, for joining me. Um, This was a fun, organic um, conversation. There's so much transpiring. And in the new year, I know that we're going to be doing many, many more episodes. And there's so much more that we're going to be covering. So... Thanks for joining me and make sure you guys are um, tuning in next week for the medium sessions with Juliana Fisher. Um, we have a lot of interesting topics and fun, fun fact. She's going to be doing a live reading on me on the show. Um, very, very raw and uncut. So it's going to be a fun live reading. And I'm going to be very honest. If she's right, she's right. And if she's wrong, she's wrong. So she's going to do a live reading. And we're also going to do a cleansing on my home. Because we have um, come across some some spirits in my home, and I don't want them here. So we're going to do a cleansing on that. So, oh, and next week, um, guys, there's going to be a 90 Day Fiance trivia game that Didi Castile and I and Cara are hosting. So if you think you know 90 Day Trivia and you're really good at 90 Day Trivia, there is a game that you should play. There are going to be some prizes. Some really um, popular 90 Day Fiance cast members have donated some prizes. Um, I will say Kim Bali as well as Nikki Exotica. I won't say anyone else, but there's going to be some really cool prizes if you are the first, second, or third place in 90 Day Fiance Trivia. So make sure you guys are joining me for that. Thank you so much again. Make sure you're following my co-host, Didi Castile. She's tagged in this video, and her links are right here at the bottom. Follow me on all social media platforms at George Mossy, George Mossy.com. Anywhere you get your podcast, type in 
the Joris Masi show on any streaming service. It's all there. Um, thank you guys so much. And again, I hope you had an amazing holiday season and you spent it with the people that you love and we'll be back. So just in case you didn't, we'll be back. You love us and we love you. So we'll be back to, to keep you company here in 2024. Thank you guys. Thanks. Um, thanks Didi for joining me. Thank you. Happy new year. Happy new year.